<laughs> Here we are again. <laughs> Welcome to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's Tina Constant here. And because the Waffle Waffle is right at the end, we are jumping right into this week's story, which is called Saltsy and Queen Octa. <laughs> now, this all happened a long, long time ago when there was a rich man called Bindi Bix. His single purpose was to gather all the greatest treasures from around the world and own them. <laughs> to do that, he sent his minions across the lands and the seas to find these precious things. And when they did, Bindi Bix would go to every length, from bribery to threats to stealing to shady deals, to get what he wanted. As you can imagine, his reputation spread through the nations, so much so that whenever someone learned that Bindi Bix wanted something that they had, <laughs> they more often than not just handed it over to save themselves the trouble. <laughs> so with people crumbling at his very touch, Bindi Bix grew arrogant he grew demanding, and he grew wicked. His cruelty didn't extend just to his victims, but to everyone who worked for him too. As a result, no one stayed long. In fact, his only long-term employee was Saltsy. Saltsy was a small and a skinny man that had known Bindi Bix his whole life. They had been playmates when they were children. He had become an assistant when Bindi Bix started to build his empire and finally the go-do guy for anything that Bindi Bix wanted, no matter how bizarre. Saltsy, go and do this, Saltsy, go and do that. And Saltsy did. Of everyone, Bindi Bix tormented until he got what he wanted. Only one monarch defied him. It was Queen Octa of the South. She was a great queen with untold treasures. She had so many precious things that people traveled around the world to meet her and trade with her. <laughs> but Bindi Bix didn't want to trade. He wanted to take. So after years of trying to get her to give him all he wanted, he declared war, piled his army onto his biggest ships, and he sailed south. He didn't take the decision lightly. He knew that Queen Octa's islands were surrounded by rocks and rough ocean and the most ravenous beasts of the deep. But Bindi Bix was sure that he was sharper, he was rougher, and he certainly was more ravenous than anything she could throw at him. With his army ready for battle, and Saltsy taking care of his every need, Bindi Bix stood at the prow of his ship and let the storms do their worst. His ship and his army survived every hurricane, every tornado, great whales, and swarms of poisonous jellyfish. So when he finally reached the South Islands, Bindi Bix was feeling almighty. He was feeling all powerful. 
What he didn't expect was to see just how impenetrable that wall of rock was. It stood tall and jagged with only a few narrow gaps that allowed the smallest of boats through. No one ever dared get into that water, filled as it was with things that bite and devour and drown. <laughs> what infuriated Bindibix even more was seeing Queen Octa on her beach, not shaking in fear, but smiling and welcoming him ashore. She thinks I won't make it, he growled, and he ordered a small rowboat to be lowered. Then he got in and instructed Salty to take the rope, get into the water, and guide the boat through the rocks. I don't want to so much as sway, he commanded. I will stand all the way so that insufferable woman knows who she's dealing with. So it was with scratched and bleeding limbs, Salty swam through the water negotiating the rocks and landed the rowboats on the beach. The smile didn't drop from the queen's face even once. Welcome, was all she said as she led Bindi Bex to her great hall with Salty dusting sand off his shoulders and drying fast in the hot sun following close behind. When they got there, Bindibix beamed. <laughs> a banquet had been laid on. Musicians filled the halls. But more important, the room was full of so many precious things. The thing that Bindibix couldn't take his eyes off was the biggest crystal he had ever seen. It was a hundred foot high, it was a hundred foot wide, and it glowed in pink and white and amber and gold with streaks of delicate black. It was by far the most exquisite thing that Bindibix had ever seen. That is mine, he said. Well, if the queen was stunned at his rudeness, she didn't show it. Instead, she simply refused, saying that that particular treasure wasn't for trade. But it was like Bindi Bix hadn't heard her. He called his army to him and told them to take all they could carry. Salty watched in horror as his boss wound himself up for a fight despite the queen's army far outnumbering Bindi's force. Sultsy had to do something or he was sure that this is where they would all die. So before the first shot could be fired, Sultsy leapt onto the banquet table and he started to dance and jiggle and shake and spin. His dance <laughs> was so wild and so enthusiastic that the musicians picked up the rhythm and soon the armies and then their rulers paused the battle and let the mood take them over. Queen Octa led Bindibix to a seat and said, First we eat and then we trade. And so the queen and Bindi Bix sat on opposite sides of the banquet while Salty danced the length and breadth of the table, not pausing for a moment. 
What was incredible was that each time Salty danced over the food, it tasted better, somehow richer, like new flavors had been born just because he was there. The queen tasted every dish. Her army cleared every plate. Only Bindi Bix ignored it all and kept his eye on the crystal. <laughs> Finally, Queen Octa said, you can have the crystal in exchange for your dancing man. He has magic in him. Without so much as a pause, Bindi Bix agreed. It took two hundred men to load that great crystal onto the ship. So big and so wide, the only way it would fit was on the deck. But Bindi Biggs didn't care. He wanted the world to know that he had defeated the Queen of the South. He had taken her greatest treasure, and all it had cost him was the idiot, Salty. <laughs> With glee in his heart, Bindi Biggs travelled north. He survived the rocks and the winds. He survived the storms and the hurricanes. The crystal <laughs> did not. At first, Bindi Biggs didn't notice. But after a while, he realized that the more it rained, the smaller the crystal became. The harder it rained, the faster it shrank. What is this? He yelled into the storm. That witch has conned me. Furious to have been tricked, he turned his ships around, and he sailed back to the South Islands. Now, while all of this was happening, Salty was enjoying his new position. Not sure why his dance enhanced the taste of the Queen's food, he made it his practice to do exactly the same thing every day. First he woke, and he looked to the sunrise. Then he took a long swim in the sea. Then he walked to the palace while he dried. Then he dusted sand from his shoulders, and only then did he dance for the court as they ate. More over here, they would call. <laughs> and Salty would dance and jiggle and shake and spin. <laughs> Once again, the queen's guests were astounded at how Salty's dance made the food taste so much better. They called the dance the Salty Shake, <laughs> and his reputation spread. With every dance, more and more people came, and soon the queen agreed that it wouldn't be long before Salty just couldn't keep up. So she took it upon herself to watch Salty's every move to understand the nature of his magic. She watched his daily routine. She watched him dance. And the more she watched him, the more she loved him. Soon, no matter how big the crowd, Salty was only dancing for her. They were so much in love that they didn't notice Bindi Bix arrive with his ship 
and his army, and fury over his magnificent crystal that dissolved in the rain. The first they heard of the enemy at the shore was when they heard the howls and the screams of Bindi's army trying to swim through the rocks. Without hesitation, the queen and her court ran into the sea to save everyone they could. They saved the soldiers. They tried to save Bindi Bix, but he refused to let go of his weapons, and the current pulled him down until the great sharks found him and took him into the deep. Everyone else, dripping wet but alive, followed the queen back through the castle grounds to the banquet hall. First the queen took off her robes and shook them. Then the soldiers took off their tunics and shook them. Then her court and her guests shook off their cloaks, and it was only then that Sulcy noticed the small white grains flying through the air. Picking up a single grain, he tasted it. And then he gave it to the queen. <laughs> and the queen laughed, and she started to dance. Then her guests danced, and then the soldiers. And as they danced, Solsi swept up and scooped up every grain that fell to the ground. <laughs> From that day on, everyone who visited the great South Islands swam to the shore, dusted their shoulders, walked to the banquet as they dried and danced the salty shake. Over the centuries, that tradition changed only a little. We still call the flakes that come from the sea salt, and on every table around the world you will find <laughs> a salt shaker. And that is the waffle-free story about how salt landed on our tables. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I don't know whether I should apologize for that one, folks, but there you go. <laughs> An origin story with a bit of a difference. All right. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your beautiful day. <laughs> I can't promise that uh, I'll bring anything altogether more sensible to your listening ears next time. <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, go and hug the people you love and do something special with your day. <laughs> so, And drop around to www.tinaconstant.com for more complete silliness. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs>